Welcome to The Last Resort, the last place you'd look for legitimate sports opinions. I am your host, Benny Harris, and alongside me on Skype, Joey Michaels. How are we doing today, Joey? Can't complain. Sun was shining. I stayed inside all day. Well, that's good for you, Joe, but I was outside. I biked nine and a half miles today. That's right, 9.5 miles. I went all the way in Ordell, near Lando's house, near Billy's old house, rode my bike around there, came back through Summit, through Vanson, back into River Edge, only was at 8.5, wanted one more mile, went around Valley near the Cellars and the Messias area, uh, came back, still was only at like nine. Then I went, you know, towards the McHugh Fenway area. So nice little bike ride for me. Wanted to share that with the audience. And then I played basketball at night with a bunch of uh, our high school alumni, although they're much uh, younger than me and you are. I'm assuming they gassed your ass up and down the court, so I'm they sure did. You didn't play they, too well. they did, and they kept passing me the ball, like like they wanted me to shoot. But oh, like I, out of respect, or are they making fun of you? No, I just couldn't hit water if I fell out of a fucking boat today, Joe. My jump shot was just awful, had no legs, no arc to it. So when they passed it to me, I would just ricochet it right back to them, and they would like pass it back to me, and it was like Jackie Moon and uh, his teammate in semi pro, where they just went back and forth until finally one of us missed it. Good. I'm glad you're getting active. Joe, we're starting to get some sports on the docket, so let's get into it. We have our NBA playoff predictions. That's right. You and I will go through the 16 teams that we think will make the playoffs, and we will go round by round as to who we think will move on in each round. We have a Tickles My Fancy or a Fuck Out of Here. That's going to be a new little segment we're going to try. And our top five most punchable faces in sports. Are you ready, Joe? Yes, let's get it going. All right, so the NBA is returning. There are eight regular season games that will lead us into the playoffs. We're starting to see some clips of guys like John Morant already playing pickup basketball indoors. Uh, Everyone's getting that NBA itch, Joe. But let me ask you this before we get into our predictions. Do you think that the champion of this resumed season will have an asterisk next to their trophy? No, I don't think so. I don't really understand that narrative. I mean, we've had lockout shortened seasons. We've, I mean, it's not like anybody's getting an advantage. They're all at the same. They've all experienced the same delay. They're all the season was suspended for everybody. I don't understand the whole asterisk thing. I think it's actually a pretty impressive championship to win after all that's gone on. You know, not being able to work out in the best circumstances, losing team chemistry. I think the team that gets it together, it's actually a pretty impressive like title. I really don't, Joe. I think that there should be an asterisk next to this playoffs. And let me tell you why. Teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, these teams were gassed in March, okay? The Lakers were coming off a loss to the Nets. They looked terrible. The Celtics had got smoked by the Nets a few games before. They looked bad. Clippers, Kawhi's wheezing up and down the floor. All these teams were gassed. And if the playoffs had started when they were initially supposed to start, I think that you would have seen some upsets and you would have seen the Lakers out the second round and you would have seen the Nets who were on a tear make a run in the East. Oh, stop. I think they would have took down the Raptors. The first round of the NBA playoffs is the worst sports playoff series there is. It's awful. So you give guys like LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, all these superstars time to just get their body right and refuel themselves. You give them months and months and months, of course they're going to come back. We'll get into our predictions in a second. But, yeah, there should be an asterisk next to their name. I just got to say one thing. You know what? 
you can't play both sides of this coin. The Nets have two superstars now. Yeah, they're not healthy, but you can't play the small underdog where the little guys and then be like, oh, now we got Kevin Durant, we got superstars. You're a superstar team, so now you're in the same category as the LeBron Lakers and the Anthony Davis. and all. What would have happened if KD and Kyrie said we're going to come back? And they won. Is there an asterisk there? Uh, it would be questionable because KD hasn't played all season. So I think that if he's inserted into the playoffs, he's kind of at a disadvantage because he's got to get used to playoff speed. So I wouldn't have an asterisk because I think it would be crazy cool to not play an entire season, come back for the playoffs and win a trophy. So basically the only teams that would have an asterisk is anybody who's like a four seed or higher. Correct. Yes. So all the bottom half of the league seat, bottom half playoff seeds. If they win, good job for you. Yeah, honestly, I thought that the Mavericks were clicking. I think that Luka could have made a run again. Luka's fat right now. All right, Joe. So let's let's start with our NBA playoff predictions. So let's try to agree on the eight teams that we think will make it. Starting with the Eastern. Before before you get started, I just want to be clear. The gaps between the eight seed and the teams that they let in still remain the same, correct? So if the Correct. Blazers are three games out of eight, they still have to make up that ground in the eight games they're going to play. Correct. Okay. That was, I just wanted to make sure of that. So it's the Bucks one, the Raptors two, the Celtics three, the Heat four, the Pacers five, the 76ers six, the Nets seven, the Magic eight. So my question to you in there is, do the Wizards jump either of those last two teams, the Nets or the Magic? What are the Wizards? How many games are they out? The Wizards are six games behind the Ma- – so the Magic are 30 and 35. The Wizards are 24 and 40. Yeah, there's no chance. You're not making up six games in eight. So the, so Eastern, the, Conference, the Eastern Conference – Yeah, it's settled. All right, so we go to the West. Los Angeles Lakers, one. Clippers, two. Nuggets, three. Jazz, four. OKC, five. Rockets, six. Mavericks, seven. So now you have the Memphis Grizzlies at eight. And the Blazers are so the so the Grizzlies are 32 and 33. The Blazers are 29 and 37. The Pelicans are 28 and 36. The Kings are 28 and 36. The Spurs are 27 36. And the Suns are 26 and 39. It's very hard to make up that much ground in eight games. Even three, the Blazers are three and a half out. So it's very it's gonna be very difficult to make up that ground. Having said that, the only team I, I think the Blazers, I'm going to give them a small chance to jump the Grizzlies, and because of the they have so many veterans on the team that I don't think chemistry is going to be a big issue for them. The Grizzlies are a young team, getting back in the swing of things, dealing with the layoff, and coming back and going 500 in those last eight games is going to be difficult for them. So I give the Blazers a 25% chance to jump them, but I'm sticking with the Grizzlies. I think. I don't think the Blazers are good enough to be to make up the ground. I don't think they're going to do that well. So I'm going to say 75% chance the Grizzlies hold on to the eight seed. I think if any team was going to make a push, it'd be the Pelicans. They're one of the it's hottest. A big gap teams. though. I know, but but Lonzo, Zion, Ingram, I think they would have made the push. But I agree with you. Let's keep the Grizzlies in that eight spot. Okay, Joe. First round in the Eastern Conference, you have the Bucks and the Magic. Who is winning that series? I think the, they might call it after three games. All right, so that's a sweep. I don't even think they're going to make them sweep. The Magic are a very, very bad offensive team. They're a pretty good defensive team, but they're an awful offensive team. Toronto Raptors versus Brooklyn Nets. 
I'll give a gentleman sweep. I think it's 4-1. Okay, I'll agree with you. I think the Raptors will win in six or seven, but I say Raptors going on, yes. Celtics and 76ers. Interesting series, Joe. I, I like the Sixers. I, I just don't think, you know, I'm going to go Boston in seven. I think the series goes seven. I just think Boston's a better team. I, I don't think Philly plays that well together. Okay, Boston in seven. And then finally, you have the Heat and the Pacers. Who wins that series? Uh, I think Miami in six. I, I think, but it's going to be a really good series. It's going to be a good, but they're going to win in six. Okay, so just so I have this clear, if the Bucks are moving on, it's going to be the Bucks versus Miami, and it will be the Celtics versus Toronto. Toronto. Okay. All right. Now to the West. We have the Lakers and the Grizzlies. That'll be 4-0, right? Easy, yeah. Okay. We have the Utah Jazz and OKC Thunder. And I'm going to go with the Jazz. I think the Jazz win that series in about six games. All right. You have the LA Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. In, I think the Clippers are going to win, I think, five games max. I, I think they might sweep them. I don't think Dallas is going to play well coming back. Okay, and then finally, you have the Nuggets and the Rockets. That's actually the one series that I think I would lean upset. I think the Rockets are going to have a very good playoff run because of the rest. I think James Harden's not going to be worn out, and I'm going to go Rockets in six games. Okay, I like it, Joe. So now, second round, okay? So we have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat. I think it's going to be a tough series, and I think Milwaukee's going to win in seven. I think this year, I think Miami's tough. I think they're going to push them. They're a good defensive team. They're going to shut. Giannis's worst games this season come when Bam Amadeo's playing them. And I think he's going to struggle a little bit. But I think the Bucks are going to prevail in seven. Okay. And the Celtics against the Raptors. I like Boston. I, I, I just think that Boston is defensively will be able to neutralize Siakam. And I, I think Boston's going to win that series in six games. Okay. So moving on would be Milwaukee do you and agree? Boston. Um, do I? Uh, Boston's a weird team to me right now because they should be one of the better teams in the league. I mean, they're, they're third in the East. They're not bad. I haven't seen all of them healthy yet. You know, whenever Tatum's balling out, it seems like Hayward or Kemba is not on the court. Um, the only game I actually saw them all on the court was the Nets game where the Nets like stunned them and came back and won. And I think Kemba was also in foul trouble that game or whatever. I think the Celtics have the potential to just be the best team in the East. I can see them beating Toronto. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I think that their upside is is a lot greater than than they're playing right now. Having said that, I can also see them not meshing and fall apart. But I, just, this, I, 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 yeah. I think Toronto, I just don't think Toronto has the offensive firepower. I'm with you there. Okay, so moving on, you have the Bucks and the Celtics. So to the West you would have the Lakers play the Rockets. Joe, who wins that series? The Lakers are going to win. I, I I just think the That's Rockets gotta go are seven. Not, That's got to go seven, the right? The problem is it's a bad matchup for Houston. You know, the Lakers are going to throw bigs at you. LeBron playing point guard. You're going to have to deal with Anthony Davis and then the rotation of centers between JaVale and Dwight Howard. Meanwhile, I don't think they play small ball well enough to overcome that. And I don't think the Lakers are going to go small to defend the Rockets. So I think the Lakers are going to win that series in six games. I don't think it's going to go seven. Okay. And Clippers, Jazz. I think the Clippers win five. Yeah, I don't see the Jazz 
doing anything in the second round. All right, Joe, we get to the third round. This is the semifinal. You have Boston at Milwaukee. Uh, who wins that series? Tell me why. I, I like the Bucks in six. I, I don't think Boston has an answer for Giannis. I don't think they can throw anybody at him who's going to defend him. I think he's going to dominate the paint. And he's got shooters all around him. And I think it's a bad matchup for Boston. I like Milwaukee to win that series in six. I agree with you. I think that as great as Tatum can be, as great as Hayward can be, as great as Kemba can be, none of those three guys can match up well with Antetokounmpo. I think he'll torch him. I think guys like Eric Bledsoe will step up. He's got something to prove after after what he did against the Celtics uh, a few years ago, which was virtually not a lot. Um, Plus, guys I like think Chris- Milwaukee, yep. Milwaukee defensively is elite. And I don't think Boston has the super like – Kemba's a star. Tatum's – I, I just think defensively they're going to cause problems. And if Boston's not hitting their prim, their threes, I, I think it's going to be a long – I think Milwaukee's going to dominate them. All right, and we move on to the Western Conference Championship. You have the Los Angeles Lakers against their hometown rival, the Los Angeles Clippers. Who wins that series and why? Let's see if we agree on this. Uh, I like the Clippers in seven games. I, I really do. I, I just think that the Clippers – I don't think Anthony Davis is going to come. Listen, LeBron's going to get his. LeBron's going to make. LeBron's going to average just 25, 10, and eight, and he's going to get his. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to step up to the plate and. Die. I think Anthony Davis needs to be the best player for the Lakers for them to win. I really do. I, I think he needs to average like 35 points a game and 15 rebounds and dominate the paint and force the Clippers to play lineups they don't want to play. And I just think the Clipper. I think Paul George will be healthy. Kawhi's rested. They're dominant on the defensive end. I just like the Clippers. I like their roster better. I think they got more talent. Let's think about what Kawhi's done so far, right? Took a loss to LeBron in 2013, came back and and just beat the Heat in 2014. That was Kawhi Leonard's championship with the Spurs. Goes to Toronto, beats Steph Curry and and the Warriors. I'll bet a banged up Warriors team with really an unhealthy KD and, and, and Clay got hurt at the end, but he beats the Warriors. You now pair this man with Paul George. You you put a bunch of pretty solid players around him, like Lou Williams. Um, who else is on that Clippers team? That I'm Lou Williams, at? Montrez Harrell. Um, they got guys all over the court, and they play. They got Marcus Morris. They, they got guys on this team that can shoot the three and play defense. Yeah, I think the Clippers got a big coaching advantage. I think Doc Rivers over Frank Vogel is a big coaching advantage. And like I said, I think LeBron's going to get his. He always will get his. But I just don't think it's – I don't think they have enough secondary players. I don't think Kuzma's going to do anything. I don't think Danny Green's going to be enough of a factor. Rondo's useless almost with this Lakers team this year. And I think the Lakers are going to have to play Anthony Davis at center to have a chance in that series, and I don't think they're going to do it. Who matches up with Paul George? Because you put Kawhi on LeBron, and, and who, who plays Paul George? I guess Avery Bradley? George is going to torch him. Avery Bradley, they're going to throw Kuzma at him. They're going to throw bodies at him. Pope, uh, Kent, uh, Caldwell Pope's still on the team, Caldwell right? Pope probably be on. I think they're going to throw a different vibe man. Are you going to put LeBron on Kawhi Leonard the whole game? I don't think so. You're going to gas him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would have Clippers in, in maybe six or seven. But, uh, okay, so we, we go to the NBA Finals. We have the Clippers and the Bucks. Joe, are we in agreement that Kawhi and company will beat Giannis and company? Probably. I think it's a good series. I don't think the Clippers walk through them. I, I think Mil, I think every I think Milwaukee's gonna I could see if you one of those series where Milwaukee goes up 2-0 at home. Clippers come back and win two in a row. 
I mean, they're gonna. It's gonna be competitive. I just don't think Chris Middleton's good enough to be your number two. I think the Clippers could win four straight in that series after going down two zero and one in six games. I agree with you. I think that I think that the Clippers take it in six. You know, it's it's funny. You think back to last year uh, where the Raptors beat the Warriors, and those games that the Raptors won. I mean, Kawhi. It was almost like he had his foot on the gas in each of those games and he would just press it a little more and they would just, they would come out defensively there for some reason, Kawhi makes his presence known, not because of his, his chatter, but because he just takes over games. And as long as the rest of the team, the Paul Georges, the Montrezl, Montrezl Harrells, uh, the Marcus Morris is those guys, as long as they just show up and, and play their game, if you're the bucks, you can't, you can't stop. They have the championship pedigree. You mentioned the coaching advantage, I, I say Clippers and six, but I do think they're six hard-fought, aggressive, like physical-ass games. I also the problem is is the Milwaukee's best defender is Giannis, but Giannis can't guard the two best players on the Clippers. Giannis can't guard Kawhi or Paul George, so he's going to be a rim protector. Then what do you do with Brook Lopez? Who's Brook Lopez guard? You know, it, it's a tough matchup for Milwaukee as well because of how versatile the Clippers lineup is. I, I just don't think. They're going to be able to stop him. And I think Chris Middleton is going to be gassed just playing defense on one of those two guys. That offensively, he's not going to be there. And there you have it, Joe. Clippers over the Bucks in six. Now, for all you people who have been waiting to watch the NBA, you don't even have to watch it. Okay, we just, just told, told you what's you. going to happen. You know, we just spoiled it for you. We're sorry. Not really. But, yeah, Clippers, Clippers over the Bucks in six. Okay, Joe, let's move on to our next segment. It's called Do We Agree? ESPN recently came out with a redrafting of the NFL 128 foundational players across all 32 teams using this year's draft order. So, Joe, let's go through the first round and see if we agree with each pick that was made. Sounds good. We're going to start with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in this draft. Without any surprise, they would take Patrick Mahomes as their Number one overall pick. I don't think we have any disagreement there, or I hope we don't have any disagreement there. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to disagree with you on this one. I think that Pat Mahomes is the the consensus number one pick in this draft. Yeah, by far. Um, Number two with the Redskins, they have them taking Russell Wilson, who I I agree with. I I think that I think Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the NFL. Some could argue he's the first best, but I think Russell Wilson is is the number two pick. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a preference pick. I think that if you believe that, you know, Wilson is the most valuable player outside of Mahomes, then yeah, it makes sense. Um, for what he's been able to do for those Seattle teams these last few years who really haven't had a ton of guys, uh, you know, they, they've had your, your Chris Carson's, your, um, Tyler Lockett's now DK Metcalf's coming up, but there were those a few years where he really didn't have a ton of weapons. And uh, he's he's still performed at an elite level. And and I think, you know, one would say he's probably surpassed Rodgers if you want to rate the top quarterbacks in the league. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I'm very high on Russell Wilson. Um, he was my. I actually liked him as an MVP candidate more than Lamar Jackson about 12 weeks in. Um, I'm very high on Russ, but I, I would definitely take him at two. I put I put some money on Wilson for the MVP like halfway through the season and obviously lost that. Um, all right, moving on to the third pick would be Detroit Lions select Lamar Jackson, quarterback out of Louisville. I don't know. 
I'm probably the. I'm not that high on Lamar Jackson. I think he's good. I think the Ravens did a really good job developing everything around him. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't think I would draft Lamar Jackson. Like if I was my quarterback, I would still be a little shaky. I wouldn't be that. I I I wouldn't take him. I don't think Lamar Jackson's the third best quarterback in the league. Do you? No, I here's here's my take. I think that Lamar Jackson's extremely good. I think you said it best. The the way that the Ravens put him in positions this year where he had a clean pocket, he was able to throw the deep ball, um he had a ton of home run plays. Obviously, he's he's an amazing playmaker on his feet, but will Matt Patricia and the Lions coaching staff be able to put that same type of system around him? I don't know. Will they be able to build around him like the Ravens did? And I don't know what the answer to that is. I would assume based on Patricia's past few years, probably not. Um, Harbaugh is a great coach and, and, and what they've been able to do for Jackson has been incredible, but can every team in the NFL do that? I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't think that anyone thinks Dwayne Haskins is a bad quarterback, but we all think that he has a, a much larger chance of failing because of where he's playing. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I'm just not the, not, I'm not, I guess it, I think this is a big recency biased pick. Um, but well, yeah, the, he's the MVP. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going to draft him in the top three. I, I get it. Um, and, and I'm, and we're not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Lamar Jackson. He's obviously an elite, elite quarterback. I just think it, it it's also the perfect situation for him. Right. And, and talk about that running game. You had Ingram, who's a bell cow. You, you had, uh, Hollywood Brown who, who had a fight. You had some great tight ends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Again, great line. Like you're good. I, I mean, not hating the pick, but I'm kind of with you. I would go for someone who you know would be great in five to six years, and who you know you can build a you know a, a great system around, like the Ravens have done for Lamar. At four, your New York Football Giants take Deshaun Watson. Um, I like Watson a lot. I do. I mean, I guess he's. The, I, I think this is you know also where you would start your franchise with today. I mean, we have older quarterbacks in the league still playing, so I get it. Um, Deshaun takes a lot of hits. Deshaun had a lot of turnovers this year trying to do, you know, it's kind of like the go Deshaun go offense. Uh, There's not a ton of structure there. He's kind of just playing like schoolyard football because Bill O'Brien's half a moron. Um, but I I think if, you know, I think the biggest thing for Deshaun is if they put more of a structure around him and kind of like what happened with Russell Wilson, his development early, where you're going to run the ball, we're not, you know, and let his splash plays come out at times instead of making him do everything. I think he'd be even better, but I love Deshaun Watson. I don't have a problem with that at four. Love this pick. It's funny. Uh, Jordan Renan, who's the Giants beat reporter, he, he did the draft and he drafted Deshaun Watson. And I just think it's because he's had quarterbacks like Eli Manning, Daniel Jones. Let, let's face it. Daniel Jones and Eli Manning have zero swag. They are the most boring quarterbacks in the league. Eli couldn't create it on his feet. Daniel Jones can create a little bit. Deshaun Watson is a superstar because he has amazing accuracy. He can, he, he's a playmaker on his feet, but he would much rather throw the bomb than, than, than kind of run out for the first down. And he's so, he's gotten better at avoiding the hits, especially this last year. Um, I love that pick for the Giants at four. In fact, I think I would have took Deshaun over Lamar. Me too. I like Deshaun more than Lamar currently. Um, number five, this is where I have my first problem with this whole thing. Aaron Donald at five. Um, he's a phenomenal player. 
but there's not one scenario in the world where your defensive tackle can be this impactful. He can't be the most impactful player in your team. He just can't. I know he sacks the quarterback. He's a dominant force, but a defensive tackle at five, no matter how dominant, just doesn't make sense for me in my mind. Who would you take instead? I, I think if you're going to go elsewhere other than quarterback, I think offensive tackle or edge rusher is a more realistic thing. I, I, I don't take defensive tackle at five. I don't care how great he is. I take an okay. edge rusher who's going to sack the quarterback in the high teens, and he's going to create more turnovers. I, you know, I, I just don't buy it. It's not for me, um, but maybe I'm wrong. You know what, Joe? No, you're right. And I'm going to stand by your opinion and agree that they shouldn't have taken Aaron Donald because he trains with knives and you can get hurt if you're training with <laughs> knives. All right, Joe. Six, six, six. Ron, Ronnie Stanley to the charges. Ronnie Stanley is going to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL this year. As soon as his extension gets worked out with the Ravens. Um, he's, he was the best offensive tackle last year for the Ravens who ran the ball dominantly and had the MVP and the best team in the league. I don't have a problem with offensive tackle. Offensive tackle protects your investments. Um, and Ronnie Stanley's the best of the best. He's got a firsty firsty. He's got, you know, two first names. One is his first name. One is his last name. I, I don't hate it. Um, also, I have a family friend named Ronnie. He's a fireman and I appreciate him a lot. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with I agree too. seven. We've got the Panthers. Taking Joey Bosa, I got a big problem with this because he's not even the best defensive defensive end in his own family. Um, I would have took his brother before him, but the Panthers take Joey Bosa at seven, and I don't agree with it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I agree with it uh, because I'm a big Joey Bosa guy, always have been, always will be, think he's an animal. Uh, and they went back in the second round and got the Forrest Buckner, so like right there, your D-line is just like terrifying. Um, That's great, and your th- and your quarterback's Jared Stidham, so that and fifteen dollars you can get over the George Washington Bridge. Yeah, that's true. All right, I, I love it. You hate it. Moving on. <laughs> uh, who do you got at eight? Arizona taking Drew Brees. Now, I've watched Drew Brees his last three playoff runs. He is gassed by the playoffs, and his arm strength looks weak. And I'm thinking Drew Brees is closer to done, and I don't know what he's got left. I know he throws 115 slant routes to Michael Thomas, which is fine. Don't care. Um, Drew Brees lost to the Vikings twice in the playoffs and then got screwed, I guess, in the uh, the Rams Super Bowl year. But, you know, the problem is, is that Drew Brees, when you watch these playoff games, you see balls that he just he doesn't have the arm strength. And he's underthrowing. He throws picks in playoff games. I think Drew Brees is, should be falling down lists now as the top tier quarterbacks. But. You know, if you're going Lamar Jackson with upside quarterbacks in the top five, I don't think Drew Brees should be the eighth pick. Hey, how about getting the guy that's already on your team who you think is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league? How about selecting Kyler Murray? At least I would have understood that. Instead, you get yeah. a guy who's on the wrong side of 30 who, who just went through. He's, he's on the side of 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he went through all that stuff with the NFL. Like, that's your eighth pick and, and the players and – not not my pick. I'm picking Kyler Murray. I'm picking like four or five quarterbacks before I go Breeze. So we both do not agree with this pick. Uh, number nine, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, is not even the best quarterback in his own division. But apparently he's the what, fifth best quarterback in the NFL, according to this list. Um, I disagree. I think Dak's a very limited player who needs to have 
borderline Hall of Famers at every position on his offense to be successful, and he still will go 8-8. Eight and eight. So I am not in on this pick whatsoever. Joe, not only is Dak Prescott not the best quarterback in the NFC East, he's not even the best quarterback on his own team. Okay, Andy Dalton is going to steal the job from Dak Prescott before the season starts. If not him, Ben DiNucci might steal the job or Clayton Thorson. One of these guys are going to be quarterback over Dak Prescott. You know what? This is a terrible pick. Who who made this pick? Jacksonville. It makes sense. Yeah, though. of course. Of course, Mike DiRocco made this pick. Good for you, man. It's a terrible pick. I think Jacksonville should actually trade for Dak. Just, you know, he should be your quarterback. We'll move on from there. At 10, we got the Cleveland Browns taking the real Bosa, the real Nick Bosa. Please stand up. I have no problem with this. I think he's going to be dominant for a minimum of 10 years in this league. And I love the pick because Nick Bosa is a freak of nature and dominated the league as a rookie, and he missed a few games. Yeah, I love Nick Bosa. Always been a Nick Bosa fan. Always have been. Always will be. Uh, Really, really high up on Bosa. Uh, Good pick. Uh, 11, we got the Jets taking Carson Wentz, who should have been in the top 10. Don't know why he's not. I guess maybe because he's been injured, but, you know, he threw to six garbage cans last year and made the playoffs over the Dallas Cowboys, who had more pro bowlers than outside of the Ravens, I think, than any team in the league. Um, So, yeah, great steal for the Jets at 11. Yeah, I I don't know if I go this route. I'm probably going a different route of someone who's not hurt every single year. Probably going Aaron Rodgers with this pick, but... Not Carson Wentz. That's just me. Well, Rodgers is going next at 12 to the Raiders, who, um, you know, might actually be on the Raiders in a year or two. Who knows? Uh, he seems not to be welcoming Green Bay anymore. Um, Rodgers at 12 is a fine pick. Uh, he's got some controversy inside that locker room. or Not the locker room, more the front office. And whatever. You know, they're going to ban- – Rodgers is going to have that, se- that Peyton Manning second part of his career elsewhere, and he's going to be very successful. So – why not start it in L.A. at pick 12? Just realized, I, just realized I was thinking about the Schwartz brothers, Jeff and Mitchell Schwartz, not the Bosa brothers. I actually don't like the Bosa brothers. I think they're 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 crap. Well, you, you can have your opinions. That's your opinion. Thank you. Moving on. Who's uh, who's 13? Are we on? Yeah, the Indianapolis Colts taking Broadway Joe Burrow. At 13, I like Joe Burrow a lot. Um, probably, you know, I, I, I guess Joe Burrow is uh, viewed in the top 10 echelon of quarterbacks you want to start your franchise with right now in a league where we have so much quarterback saturation. So I guess that makes sense. But um, I don't really agree with it. But, hey, I like Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I don't know a lot about him because I don't watch a ton of college football. So I watched him in the championship game. He threw, what, like six touchdowns in that game? Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, so let's just assume that he's good. Okay, I agree with this pick. Oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Tom Brady. He's on the team. At least somebody got the memo. Real original, Jenna Lane. Good for you, though. That's a good pick. He's won like six Super Bowls. Now the most controversial pick in the entire draft. Denver Broncos at 15 select Drew Locke. Love the loyalty here by Jeff Legwold, the Broncos reporter. Um yeah, I mean, Joe, you and I love this kid. We think he's got the arm talent. We think he's got the friggin' swagger. You saw him dancing in that song on the sidelines. Uh, he's he's that dude. And and finally, John Elway has drafted a quarterback that doesn't suck or, or chosen a guy to start that isn't ass. Um, no offense to Brock Osweiler, but he was bad at football. And uh, I like this pick a lot. 
I think it's a reach, but you know, Drew Locke is a lot of people's dark horse MVP candidate this year, so we shall see. I will put um, money on him with you, by the way. Who said I was putting money on him? I just did. You and I. Let's go $50 each. Oof. Um, the Falcons select Matt Ryan because they love living in mediocrity at the next pick. Um, Matt Ryan is back-to-back seven and nine seasons, which is really, really embarrassing when you have Julio Jones, um, Calvin Ridley, and you have a good offensive line, and you're apparently supposed to be a top eight quarterback in this league, and you go seven and nine back-to-back years. Pretty embarrassing. Um, I think Matt Ryan is what he is. I don't. Uh, he's fine. I think that's the only way I can describe Matt Ryan. It's fine. Von, Von, Von McClure. What are you doing here? This is not the pick that you make as the Falcons reporter. You can have all these other quarterbacks and you choose the guy who hasn't won you dick. You guys went to a Super Bowl. You're up 28-3 and you gave it up because of Matty Ice, Ryan. No, this guy sucks. Okay, get him off the team in real life. I hate that pick. 17, we got the Dallas Cowboys selecting Kyler Murray, which I kind of like, you know, Kyler Murray in a Dallas Cowboys uniform kind of made sense to me in my mind. Like, it looks like it could have been a thing. He's a Texas guy. Um, I think it's a good pick for Dallas. I, th- I think Kyler's going to be really good next year. I think everybody's overhyping him a little bit, declaring him the second, the Arizona Cardinals is the second coming of, I don't know, uh, the greatest show on turf. But having said that, Kyler had a very a nice rookie year, seems to not he seems to gonna that he's gonna live up to the hype of being a number one pick i like kyler and at 17 to the dallas cowboys i don't mind it agree with everything you said i like kyler murray a lot i think he's gonna maybe be the mvp if it isn't drew Locke. it's gonna be one of those two guys um like the pick a lot we're in agreement here 18 pittsburgh steelers taking teddy bridgewater now i'm as big of a teddy fan as there is out there i love teddy I also know what Teddy is. Teddy is not the 18th best player in the NFL. Uh, Teddy is a, a, a half a step above a game manager. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to throw for 180 yards a game, a touchdown or two, and no interceptions. He is not the 18th best player in this league. He is not the, I guess he's got to be around the 10th quarterback taken in this thing, maybe the 11th. This is a bad pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I don't understand it whatsoever. I'll tell you this, Joe. The Saints played Teddy Bridgewater over uh, Taysom Hill, right, last year? Yes. And he, play, he played well. The Panthers pretty much said, no, thank you, Cam Newton. We appreciate your, your, your years here, but we're going to sign Teddy and we're going to roll with him. So the Panthers did that. Now you see the Steelers, Brooke Pryor, is taking Teddy Bridgewater 18th overall. What is it that the NFL knows about him that we don't know? Is there some secret as to why he's so valued? Because you and I look at him and we see kind of a, you know, mid-tier 15 to 20, 20 best quarterback in the league, maybe that. Um, and, and he's getting picked over Newton and he's getting picked 18th overall in his fake draft. I don't understand. What is the secret as to why NFL teams love Teddy Bridgewater? Well, being a Vikings fan, you know, I, the biggest thing about Teddy's game is his leadership in the locker room. He, you know, he's apparently one of these legendary leaders that like everybody just rallies around, which is fine. I get that. And you need that in a quarterback, but you, and I believe Teddy would fit in a system where, you know, he's going to throw a bunch of short passes and the defense is really good on the team and they're going to control the ball and run the ball. 
I don't understand what Carolina did with that. It didn't make much sense to me. They have a terrible defense that needs to be completely rebuilt. And they have an explosive playmaker in Christian McCaffrey, which you think you want explosive plays down the field. I don't know. I like Teddy a lot, but this is a reach and a bad pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I agree. Uh, the Chi-Town Bears at 19, taking Jimmy G, quarterback. Um, I like Jimmy. He's okay. He's good. I think actually with the Bears, if that like you know you put Jimmy Garoppolo with the Bears with that roster with the defense, I think they're a really good fucking team. But I don't know. Jimmy's he's a good player. Jimmy played great. You know, Jimmy was. 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not going to knock Jimmy. I think Jimmy's good. I think he has his limitations, but I have no problems with Jimmy. I mean, we're getting down the list of quarterbacks where we're at, like the Jared Goff. Um, uh, there's a window of these guys. You know, there's the the Jared Goffs, the Kirk Cousins, the Jimmy Gs, the right, Derek Baker, Cars, Baker Mayfield, you want to throw him in there, right? Sam Darnold. Yeah, these like mediocre guys. I mean, I- I'm with you. Um, From like yeah. 11 to 18, there's a window of these guys that are good, not superstars. You know, they get the job done. I'm okay with that pick. All right, who's next? Rams taking Christian McCaffrey. Um, I actually think McCaffrey's a little bit better than some of the quarterbacks that came off. I would take them over the Teddies of the world and the uh, the Jimmy G's probably. I would take. I think McCaffrey should have been in the top 15 of this draft, but I guess. You know, if Aaron Donald's going five, I think McCaffrey's got to be up in that closer to the number 10 pick range. That's just me. Um, Where's your head at? I love this pick. I, I am I am 100% with Lindsey Thurry on, on taking the first running back off the board. Um, would you rather have the 15th best quarterback or would you rather have the number one running back? And, and if you can get, you know, I see in round three, they took Goff because he was still available. And how much better is Jimmy Garoppolo and Teddy Bridgewater than Jared Goff? The answer is not that much. So I don't even know if they are better. Right. So I'm with you on the Christian McCaffrey pick. I, I love it. Philly taking Baker Mayfield at 21. Um, not my cup of tea. I think Baker Mayfield is Case Keenum. I, I don't see much of Baker. I think with weapons around him and a very strong structure with a coaching staff, he can be successful. But I, I don't think Baker is a top 15 quarterback in this league right now. I, I think he needs a lot of help around him. And um, I don't think he should be picked here personally. Buffalo Bills, 22, Michael Thomas. I like it. I like the pick a lot. He's the best receiver in the league. Um, I disagree. You, you, you reached back around in round two and got Josh Allen. Well, he's a top three receiver. Is that fair? Um, DeAndre, Julio, him? Maybe. They reached Maybe. back I'm, in round in round two. They got their boy Josh Allen. So fine. I, I like to I like to pick a lot. I mean, no one's got better hands than Thomas. And if you truly think that Allen's your guy, uh, there you go. Pats twenty three taking Sammy Darnold. Love that pick. Love Sammy. Yeah, Darnold. this is Dun- this is a this is a Mike Reese pick. I mean, this is him just being like, well, if I didn't have Tom Brady, who can I have? Hmm. I know. Let's take Sam Darnold, just like we took Bill Belichick all those years ago. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Saints at 24 taking Khalil Mack. I have a problem with this pick. And my reason is, is that I don't think that there's 20-pick gap between Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. But apparently in this draft there is, and I don't agree with it whatsoever. Yeah, I'm okay with this pick. I, I think that the Bears traded for Mack and, and instantly became a, a playoff team last year, right? Two years ago. Right, like, Rocky, two years ago. But, yeah, I, I think this is a good pick. If you're going to get another defensive player – um, oh, I agree. It's a good pick. He should be picked higher. I, I think oh, he's that good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I, I'm saying, like, you know, if Aaron Donald's going five, I think Khalil Mack's got to be at least in the teens. Right. So we're both for this pick by Mike yeah, Triplett. Yeah. 
Okay. Vic- uh, Courtney Cronin for the Vikings. I will not speak to you ever again. Taking Ryan Tannehill at 25. Oh my God, stop. The guy didn't even, he wasn't even a starter going into last season. He got overpaid and he had a fluke playoff run. You know who also had a fluke playoff run? Blake Bortles. So, uh, you know, give me a break with Ryan Tannehill at 25. I, I think you should reevaluate this and reject the pick. I hate it. I'm not talking about it anymore. It sucks. Um, I almost put Ryan Tannehill on my most top five punchable faces in sports. Seems like a nice, innocent guy, but he's just got one of those faces. I just want to punch it. Ugh, terrible not, pick. Not crazy it. about this pick. I, I'd rather have Josh Allen at this pick. I, I think I think Ryan Tannehill's going to have an awful season. Okay. Um, Houston Texans taking DeAndre Hopkins. That's not funny. You traded him. That's the funniest pick of the draft, though. Sarah Barshop, well done. You, you just traded him, so and, I like and, it. And they got Saquon Barkley. Wow, look at that. What a country. And they had Tyron Matthew, who was on the who was on Houston two years ago. And they got David David Carr's brother, Derek. Um, Seattle Seahawks taking Mike Evans at 27. I don't have a problem with that. I like Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's fine. Ravens taking Matt Stafford at 28. I I'm not a Matt Stafford guy. I've never been a Matt Stafford guy. Um, he has no playoff wins. He's pretty mediocre every single year, but apparently people are higher on him than I am. I, I, I don't know. I'd go with a younger guy. So I'm okay with this pick just because I know how the Ravens are able to kind of build their offense as a run-heavy offense. I think that you put Stafford in this role where he's not throwing the ball as much, I, I think he'd be he'd have more wins. Because uh, I know he's a gunslinger, but it also gets him in trouble. So I like this pick a lot by the Ravens. I actually like Stafford as a player. Uh, 29, Titans taking Tyree Kill. Um, sure, doesn't really fit into anything that the Titans ever do, like throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. But he's really fast, and he's good. If I'm the Titans, I would have taken Derrick Henry here. But they didn't. They took Tyree Kill, and then they took a quarterback who can't find the job in Cam Newton. Fair. Um, 30, Green Bay Packers taking Tua. Interesting. Okay, so they want to be good in like two years. That's cool. So you took Tua, but you drafted Jordan Love. I'm confused. But anyway, um, Tua, I, I like Tua. I'm a big Tua fan. I think the Dolphins going to be good this year. So I like Tua, but I haven't seen him play an NFL snap, so it's hard to justify these picks with him and Burrow. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Niners taking George Kittle in the first round. I don't ever, th- I don't think a tight end should go in the first round, but of this draft. But George Kittle's on the Niners already, so this brought no creativity to the board, and I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that you know you can't teach toughness, and George Kittle has toughness. And if you want to build your roster around a, a tough-nosed tight end like George, uh, I say go for it. Um, Kansas City Chiefs taking Stephon Gilmore at 32. I have no problem with it. I do have a problem with them taking two of the top five running backs in the league and their second and third round picks and Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, which I think is very strange, um, and taking Tyrod in the fourth round. But uh, that's a very strange draft, if you ask me. Yeah, Adam Taker, Adam Tyker, the Chiefs reporter, he must have some type of uh, formula where, where Chubb and Cook will, will be like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. I don't, I don't get it, um, but... Yes, Stefan Gilmore at, at the last pick of the draft. Sure, why not? All right, Joe, that was fun. We we went through the entire first round of a, a fictional draft. That was great. I loved it. Um, disagreed with half the picks, so I'm glad that ESPN put that out there for the people. 
Let's move on to some news. Michael Jordan and his fishing crew caught a 442-pound marlin in, in a big rock tournament. Can Michael Jordan become the greatest fisherman of all time? Well, I, I heard a funny uh, joke about this, that Michael Jordan ate a bad piece of sushi once, and he had a beef with the fish, so that's why he caught the biggest one. <laughs> I like that. Um, nobody there had masks on. So it looked like coronavirus, COVID-19 isn't a thing where they were. Allegedly. Yeah, I think he can become the greatest fisherman of all time. I think by the time he, you know, reaches the age of 80, he'll have caught like two or three of the of the largest fish in all the world. Yeah, God bless. All right, Joe, USC officially lifts sanctions on Reggie Bush's affiliation with the university and they welcome him back. Long time coming, huh, Joe? It's a big PR stunt, I think, in my mind. I think USC is so irrelevant right now, and they don't have the star power to attract recruits. And I think this was a big move to try to get the university relevant again and start getting some better players in there because they've been irrelevant for about, what is it, 10, 15 years now? They've been pretty terrible. So, Is there any way he can get his Heisman back? I don't know. He should have never lost it. He was dominant. All right, Joe, this next segment is called Tickles My Fancy or Fuck Out of Here. So I'm going to read a few different uh, stories, and you're going to tell me if they tickle your fancy or if you just want me to get the fuck out of here. You ready? Yep, let's go. All right, Joe, Big Cat of Pardon My Take in Barstool Sports has been playing NCAA 2014 as a fictional Tennessee coach named Gus Duggs Duggerton. He lost in the championship recently and returned for another season, of which he is currently playing now. He won a, th- a thriller earlier today, 21-20 to in Ann Arbor against the number four-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Get the fuck out of here. I have no interest in this whatsoever. All right. Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua reach a deal to fight in 2021. Does it tickle your fancy or fuck out of here? Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Two British fighters. And Tyson Fury is going to destroy him. It's going to be awesome. Conor McGregor retires again for maybe the fourth or fifth time in his career. Many are saying it's fake. It's absolutely fake. He's waiting for the fight he wants. Um, he's the biggest attraction in in uh, UFC. And he's going to wait to see what happens with the Gaethje um, Khabib fight. And he's also, you know, he's pl- I heard Anderson Silva write a rumor that they, he was going to come out of retirement and fight him. There are rumors. He's the money of UFC. He's going to get the big money fight. He might fight Floyd again. He's looking for another big payday, and I don't have a problem with it. You know, he's not. They wanted him to step into the Ferguson fight. He doesn't step into fights. He's not that kind of fighter. He's your prize fighter, and he draws the most viewers. So I don't buy it. I he'll he will be back probably before the summer's over. So this is a fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. All right, Joe, the MLBPA proposes an 89-game season with full prorated share of salary and expanded playoffs. The fuck out of here. It's not going to happen. The owners don't want a lot of games because they're not going to be able to put fans in the seats. And the owners are not going to pay full salaries if they can't make any money off revenue from the games. Fuck out of here. I am very skeptical, skeptical of us having an MLB season this year. All right, and finally, the MLS resumes July 8th at Walt Disney Resort. Tickles my fancy big time. I'll tell you why. You know, other than UFC, MLS was the first sport to start up again out of all the sports out there. I give them a lot of fucking credit. And you know what? I will watch some MLS soccer because there's nothing on, and I'm happy about it. 
Wow, I would have I would have uh, guessed that was a fuck out of here for you. We get to our top five of the week. We have the top five most punchable faces in sports. Joe, why don't you go first with your number five? My number five is Coach K. Um, Coach K, just, I'm not a Duke guy. Coach K rubs me the wrong way. He has that look about him. He, he kind of looks like he's squinting, kind of like a, almost looks like a, a, a rodent type face. His, I don't, it's just punchable. You just want to punch Coach K in the face sometimes. You know, Coach K is all about, oh, four-year players. You know, I believe in college basketball. Meanwhile, he's got more one and dones than John Calipari now. So I don't want to hear it. I would punch my – he's got a punchable face to me right now. All right, Coach K, I'm a Duke fan. Can't say I disagree with that because I actually have a Duke player on my top five. But my number five is Byron Hout. He is a former Boise State defensive lineman and linebacker. Uh, I want to punch him in the face mainly because LeGarrette Blunt punched him in the face in college and it looked so fun and easy. And then the only time I ever imagined this guy's face is, is it just being punched. So yeah, Byron Hout. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, my number four is Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr looks like he's got eyeliner on all the time. And, you know, he, he seems to, he cried in that game when he got hurt that one time. And like, he's just got a very punchable face, you know? I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. But, you know, he just – every time we saw him on hard knocks, I just wanted to punch him in the face the whole time. Yeah, can't say I disagree. All right, Joe, my number four is Bryce Harper. Uh, again, there's a history of people trying to fight him. His own teammate, Jonathan Papelbon, went at him. Uh, he's just so cocky. He's never won anything. I mean, he was the best player on the Nationals, and then he left, and then they won a championship. Uh Bryce Harper, my number four. I always want to punch punch dudes who have flows. I'm not a big fan of the flow. Uh, my number three is Skip Bayless. You know, Skip Bayless gets that whiny, high-pitched voice when he's trying to make his point about things that are completely wrong. And if you ever watched him on Undisputed or his earlier days on First Take and Cold Pizza, he, he's just been a punchable face that I think many – I don't think I'm alone on this one. I, I think Skip Bayless – a lot of people would want to punch Skip Bayless in the face. Ten years ago, I would have agreed with you, but the fact that Skip Bayless has just stuck to his shtick since he went over to Fox, he's actually worse now, but like it makes him that much better. I actually love Skip Bayless now. I don't even watch the show anymore. I just follow him on Twitter, but he, to me, has personified everything he was ten years ago, just amplified it like ten times more, and I love it. <laughs> My number three, Joe, it's Quinn Snyder, head coach of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> it's that, today. The guy just looks like a villain from a Batman movie. You can't put a finger on it, but absolutely 100% punchable face, Quinn Snyder. Very good coach, too. Um, my number two is your boy, Eli Manning. I don't think much explanation is required here. We see Eli's stupid faces he makes throughout the moments of a football game. And sometimes you just you would want to just punch him square through his face mask right in the face. Can't say I agree with that one, but I guess when your mouth is ajar all the time, I guess your face becomes <laughs> a little bit more punchable. Uh, my number two is is Grayson Allen. I'm a Duke fan, and I've wanted to punch that guy in the face ever since I started watching him play. Uh, he's his face just screams punch me. That's all. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone there either. And my number one is probably one of the most punchable faces there is in sports today, Mr. Jim Dolan himself. 
James Dolan has the most punchable face, whether he's sitting at a Knicks game, throwing fans out, playing his kazoo, whatever the fuck he's doing, James Dolan's face is the most punchable face in sports, and someone should do it soon. That's all I'm saying on it. My number one of all time, most punchable face, it's Bill O'Brien. Easy, easy number one. First of all, he's got a cleft the size of Mars. Second of all, he's the worst coach in professional sports. He's like that smug shithead uncle who always tells you, I told you so, even though he he never said anything to you. Uh, Yeah, Bill O'Brien, number one most punchable face of all time. Is that that a good number one, you think? I think it's pretty good. Um, Bill O'Brien did have one funny line when he was at Penn State when his team had a big upset win. I think they beat Ohio State. And he just came out. He goes, yeah, my player's just a bunch of fuckers, man. And he said it on the news. It was pretty funny. But I think that was the last time anybody liked Bill O'Brien. And now everybody pretty much hates him. Yeah, I mean, when you have players like Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins, and you just kind of let them go um, in favor of players that are much worse than they are. And no first-round draft picks. I tend to not agree with with your football acumen. Oh yeah, and trading trading for David Johnson, whose whose last best year was about 2015 at this point. Uh, I, I just want to punch him in the face. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. All right, Joe, that just about does it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Last Resort. Tune in next week for some more shenanigans with Spenny Harris and Joey Michaels. Joe, any last words for the listeners? Take me home, Papa Roach.